This is Right Wisconsin Conversations, Volume 2, Episode 15. Steve Toft, who's running for Congress against Ron Kind and at his home in, in Osceola, Wisconsin. And uh, Steve, yeah. as we're doing this interview, I, I, we just literally came from the uh, Bernie Sanders rally for Tammy Baldwin, and Bernie was promising uh, health care for all, education for all. And I'm going to take that you have a little bit different philosophy on this. So, so uh, why, why don't you say a little bit about your philosophy and uh, your vision for a more limited government? Okay. Well, I have the right background to be able to talk about health care. I just uh, retired from the military where I was a health care administrator for the last 27 years. And uh, having run a large part of the military health care center, I understand that uh, health care is not free. It absolutely costs something. and. Uh, if you end up having a system where, where you provide health care for free for everyone, for you know, a, uh, a single-payer system, well, you end up having people like my wife, who is an advanced practice nurse, uh, working for nothing. I mean, they have to be uh, forced to work, forced to provide free health care to people. I mean, that, that's absolutely against our American values and the the principles that our country was was established with. Um, you know, education is the same way. You can't have a, a good education system if everybody is given the same education. I mean, there's going to be a continuum of, along, uh, along a spectrum where, you know, hopefully everybody gets a good education, but everybody, you know, will end up getting the same vanilla education if uh, and that's exactly what we don't need. That's close to what we have right now. You know, I get a, I'm out talking to a lot of employers, and they're pretty unhappy with the uh, the quality of the graduates that were graduating out of high schools right now. We could do a lot better. So one of the things that uh, they brought up, and it's one of the themes in your campaign, um, is the VA and healthcare. Uh, obviously, Tammy Baldwin thinks that she can run on a record of of being supportive of the VA hospital system. Um, your opponent, Ron Kind, uh, also, though, you know, has been caught up in the whole VA scandal. And like you said, you have actually experience in the military as part of the medical system in the military. Uh, what's your vision for what the VA should be doing? And what, what do you think when you hear the Democrats talk bragging about what they're doing for the veterans? Well, the VA is typical of government. It's a large, overblown agency that's overregulated, under 
not necessarily underfunded, but they need to be uh, held accountable for the money that they that they do get. Um, you know, so many times we we just throw money at problems and we don't hold anybody accountable. Don't establish standards. Um, that's the case with the VA. I I understand the VA because I'm a disabled veteran. Um, I receive my care in the VA, so I've had a lot of a lot of interaction with the VA lately, and uh, they are about 10 years or more behind the active duty um, medical system. They don't have a have a uh, electronic health record. They don't have many of the things that uh, that are systemic problems in the Toma VA and and are systemic problems throughout the country. That that first world countries are are addressing like pain management and uh, you know multidisciplinary uh, approaches to treating treating people with with issues with either wounds or with uh, with diseases so they they really need a lot of attention and they need somebody that that has experience in in a system like that so uh, let's switch gears for a moment and let's talk a little bit about the tax cuts I, I assume that you're supportive of the of the tax cuts that recently passed and uh, the Congress, and uh, assume that we're all looking forward to it. Um, what what are your thoughts? Do you, do you, I mean, the Democrats are saying that the tax cuts are only for the rich, and what do you think? Well, I've traveled these 18 counties, and I've heard repeatedly as a theme that people are excited to have the tax cuts. The average family in the third district. Is has about two hundred dollars more in their pocket every month, and that's making a difference in so many ways. They're able to do things for their children that they haven't been able to do. They're able to to move towards uh, getting out of debt. So many different things that uh, they're not. It's not just crumbs, and uh, but it's something that needs to continue to be addressed. That was a first good step. Um, you know, the tax cuts are not permanent they're going to expire and we'd go right back to the high taxes that that we had so I would anticipate that we need to have phase two of tax reform and make the tax cuts permanent and hopefully be able to make the whole tax system a little more simple you know I'd like to see we didn't reduce the number of the tax brackets that we have it's still just about as complex as it ever was and uh, I think we could flatten it and reduce and simplify and get to a point where, uh, where it's much easier for the average family to do their taxes. So what was the issue, though, that drove you into the race? I mean, we know that you obviously come from a completely different background. It's not like you spent a career in politics. So what was the issue that really drove you into politics? What made you decide to run? Well, having been um, a career military man, I was a colonel. So I had positions of great responsibility, large complex organizations. My last medical job, I was responsible for all the health care in the Pacific, large mission. I went from there to my, the last job I had where I was the post commander of a large installation. I had 85,000 people worked there. We had about 9,000 people working on the staff. And I saw up close and personal, you know, the inefficiencies of government and the, uh, the way that, uh, that the government spends money in just frivolous and in some ways, you know, 
borderline fraudulently. Um, and that's just the, the, the touch points that I had. And you know, these kind of things are, are pervasive through all of government, overregulation that costs so much money. You know, the VA is a good example of that. The VA has 65,000 regulations currently. And they're moving towards simplifying it, but uh, you know, regulations aren't worth anything unless they're enforced. And the enforcement piece of it is, you know, costs millions and billions of dollars. And and that's something that really needs to be needs to be addressed across the government. So again, you come from a different background. You're not from the political world, uh, but uh, your opponent obviously is, and. Uh, so how is he letting down, how is Ron Kind letting down the district? Well, Ron Kind has been, he was elected in 1996. He was an insignificant young congressman at the time, and now he's an insignificant congressman currently. He hasn't, uh, he hasn't accomplished anything. You know, if you look at his productivity as a congressman, you know, he hasn't passed any meaningful legislation, hasn't sponsored any meaningful legislation. He votes with his party, you know, over 90% of the time, you know, with Nancy Pelosi on the left. I've heard repeatedly throughout this district that, uh, you know, people have asked him for help and he has never, he never helps. He, just, he gives them his uh, political politician smile and uh, they never hear from him again who I really hear from, um, from who have issues are the farmers. The farmers especially have an issue with Mr. Kind. Mr. Kind is the first congressman in this district in a long, in decades, who hasn't been on the agriculture committee. Agriculture is the number one industry in this district. And Mr. Kind has chosen not to be on the ag committee. So we don't have a voice in writing the farm bill. We don't have anybody who's able to shape trade agreements, and we don't have anybody that's uh, actively trying to work, you know, world markets for our commodities. So the last issue uh, before we take a break here, uh, would you say that I know that you're in favor of term limits? Would you say that Ron Kine is basically an advertisement for term limits then? Well, absolutely. That's something else I've heard from all the constituents in this uh, district, that we need term limits. We don't need career politicians. That wasn't what our country was founded upon, to elect career politicians. You know, we need people that, are, that, are, that have real-world experience, and they take that to, to Washington, serve for a period of time, and then go back to their, back to their life. Um, you know, Mr. Kind... Uh, you know, as an Ivy League educated lawyer who had very limited experience, and that's what he draws upon when he makes decisions for, for this district. You know, people like that I'm a farmer, a veteran, a leader, a military and a healthcare expert. They think that that's a good mix of, uh, of background to be able to represent this district. All right, thanks. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna pause right here for a moment. Uh, and then when we come back, we'll discuss your your background and what makes you a great candidate for Congress. Just in one second. Okay. Want to learn how to be a sponsor of this podcast? 
email us at business at rightwisconsin.com and we'll help you reach the right audience in Wisconsin. All right, so we're back. Um, one of the things I found interesting in, in researching you was that you basically started at the bottom of the military and worked your way up. And perhaps you could describe a little bit of that for, for our, our podcast listeners. Well, um, you know, it was an honor and a privilege to be able to serve the military for 32 years. I did start as a young private uh, artilleryman and, uh, you know, enjoyed that, being able to be able to work for our country, worked my way up to sergeant. And, uh, you know, the Army saw some potential in me and they said, well, we're going to send you back to school and, and make you an officer. And that's what they did. They, they sent me back to school, grad school, and I uh, became a healthcare administrator. And uh, met my wife in, our, in the officer basic course where they send new young second lieutenants. Uh, and she was a young army nurse. And uh, you know, we had, a, we had a great life. We had the opportunity to, to serve overseas many places and uh, you know, serve in combat. I served in Afghanistan and in Iraq several times, and you know, it was uh, it was an honor and a privilege to be able to to be able to raise kids in that environment. Our kids have you know a diverse background and uh, they've seen the world and are are really dynamic young people now. So now you're you you grew up on a farm and now you're back to the farm. I mean, can you? kind of give it a description of why, what drove you back to farming? Well, I was born and raised on a, on a farm west of Osseo. And, uh, you know, my dad worked off the farm as well. So my brother and I had a lot of responsibility. We uh, planted the crops, uh, baled hay, mended fences, uh, took care of the cows. And, uh, you know, we learned what the value of uh, you know the value of hard work at a at a young age and that's that suited us well throughout our lives you know made me successful in the military and uh, I wanted to come back to that after I I've served my nation for a long time and uh, I wanted to come back to that I have a small 300 acre farm and we have mostly uh, uh, soybeans and corn this year we also do have uh, some Christmas trees as well and some pine plantations but uh, you know it's it's a great life being a farmer. It's the number one number one industry in this district. So, one of the recurring themes that we have in this Right Wisconsin Conversation series is that um, the people that we talk to, especially on the Republican side of the aisle, don't necessarily have to go into politics. I mean, certainly you've done your bit for the country, having served, um, but you decided to get into politics anyhow and make this run. What was what was so important to you that you know you're basically taking a chance on setting aside the the farmer's life to go to Washington? Well, I had told you a little bit about my last job in the military, where I was a post commander. Well, I had a lot to do with our elected officials in that capacity. Everybody wanted to do business with us. I had a lot of contracts, um, so I had some exposure to to politics. So I retired, I came back home and was going to carry on being a farmer and uh, being part of the community and uh, I got a call from, from 
the National Republican Con Congressional Committee, and they said, people in Wisconsin have called us and said, Steve would be a good candidate. We think that we'd like to have him run for Congress. So I was recruited. I never, I'm never been in politics at any level. And, uh, you know, and I said, how in the world uh, do you get started in politics? Said, they said, we'll help you. So they've, they've helped me uh, get organized with persuasion partners and Darren Schmitz and Dave Flabbo and, you know, they sat right at this table and uh, we developed an initial plan on how we we're going to get started. And, uh, you know, you're literally campaigning. As we're talking today, you literally had a campaign stop this morning. I'm interrupting your campaigning today for this interview. And then right after this, you're going to the to the uh, Northern Wisconsin State Fair. That's right. So what kind of reaction are you getting as you're campaigning from one end of the district to the other? You know, it's very busy. Every single day is filled with events, uh, meeting people. And uh, it is very gratifying to hear the, hear the support uh, that we get. We were in River Falls yesterday at, the, at Riverfest and at the parade. And, you know, walking down the parade and having having hundreds of people want to shake my hand, you know, and say, we support you, is, is, is an experience that I've never had. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful, and I see that and hear that in all 18 counties. People are ready for change. They're ready for real leadership in Washington. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm excited every day. I come home tired late at night a lot of the times, but, uh, you know, I'm ready to go every morning. We mentioned earlier that uh, Bernie Sanders and, and Tammy Baldwin are campaigning today uh, in, the, in the area over in Eau Claire. Uh, it's no accident. This has become a swing area. Donald Trump actually won this congressional district mm -hmm. in 2016. Um, so, I mean, you are in the thick of it. You are in the, in the fight. Well, and we understand that. I hear that um, as a theme as well. People are pretty pretty uh, happy with their president, generally speaking. You know, they, they'd like him to be a little more polished in some ways, but they like the way he talks directly and he's providing leadership for the country. And they want somebody that has similar, similar characteristics to go to Washington that's not a career politician, that's going to support an agenda that moves the country forward. So, I mean, that's... Uh, that's I don't have to put on in any way. I'm just you heard my background, and I just try to relate to people. Uh, you know how I've approached life, and they think that's a, that's a good way to approach things. So one of the fun questions I get to ask, especially as somebody who's really unfamiliar with your area, um, so what's what's the best part about living in, in Osseo? Well, the best part about living in Osseo that it's a you know small town America, you know, real Wisconsin values. Uh, we don't have you know we don't have some of the issues that uh, that big cities have, and you know the higher crime rates. Uh, you know, not that we don't have some issues, but uh, you know you know everybody pretty much, and and we're close enough to uh, you know. If you're from southeastern Wisconsin, you might not consider Eau Claire the big city, but we're we're close enough to Eau Claire to 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 get you know 99 percent of uh, of what you might want. So and then 
And then we're close enough to Madison and close enough to the Twin Cities to get the other 1%. You know? Okay. So it's really the quality of life here. And yeah, it's, it's, it's quality of life. that uh, you know, It's no wonder. I mean, Wisconsin has quality of life. I, I, was, uh, I was just talking to people in River Falls yesterday, and so, there are so many people that, are, that have moved to Wisconsin in the last few years. They've said, Wisconsin is the place to be. You know, they've turned turned around, you know, record deficits. We've turned around record unemployment to full employment to having having surpluses uh, in our budget and reinvestment in education and so many other things. Uh, you know, Wisconsin is a great place to be. I I lived 17 different places in throughout the world in my military career, and so many people think that they live in the best place in the world. Well, I know I do because uh, I've been those places. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate you meeting with us today. Well, thank you. Thanks for stopping. You have been listening to Right Wisconsin Conversations, interviews with the interesting people that make up the conservative movement in Wisconsin. Please follow us on rightwisconsin.com for the latest in conservative news in Wisconsin. Thanks very much and have a great day.